VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch, and happy Valentine's Day. Yes, I know Valentine's Day isn't until tomorrow, but it's not too soon to uh, start wishing everyone love. In fact, Valentine's Day should be every day. Well, today I'm here to tell you that you shouldn't cry over spilt Valentine's. I'm going to give you some advice as to what to do tomorrow. I know there are a lot of people, more people than ever actually, are dreading Valentine's Day because um, fewer and fewer people are are in uh, loving relationships. And instead, many of us have built up walls to protect ourselves from being in relationships and not being hurt. But today, um, besides my giving you some vi- advice, that I will. I have a Valentine's love story for you that's out of this world and that will help you to find renewed hope and a new direction in your path towards true love. My guests today are Dennis Jackson and Alice Best, and they have written a book called Together Again, Twin Souls Reunite in Love and Life. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Thank sir. you. It's great to be here. Now, um, I, uh, I, I, I let me give a little bit more of a background. Besides that, Dennis and Alice are the authors of this book. But Dennis is an internationally acclaimed psychic, medium, clairvoyant, clairaudient, and clairsentient. And Alice is a recovering divorce lawyer, as she likes to call herself. She's a family law attorney. And uh, she's been certified by the Supreme Court of Florida as a family court mediator. And she's currently um, a member of the International Alliance of Holistic Lawyers and limits her practice to mediations and uncontested cases. And I can certainly understand why. I didn't know that there was <laughs> such a thing, as, but it certainly is necessary. to. Um, yeah, most people call it an oxymoron, but it's yes, not. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Um, okay, Dennis, let's start with you. What, this is a story of how uh, Dennis and Alice found each other or were sent to each other by the universe or however they're going to explain it. <laughs> and I would like to them each to first um, talk about themselves as they were before they met each other and how they uh, found themselves um, in the spot where they actually did Reconnect, as they would like to say. So, so Dennis, why don't we start with you? Okay. Well, the, the key here is is that uh, if you're happy in the relationship you're in and everything's going wonderful, um, you're not going to be uh, interested in looking out or watching for other relationships. Um, however, if you were in the situation I was, which was uh, I was married for 22 and a half years, and um, I have three three grown children now, uh, but at the time, uh, I'll go back a little ways to 1992, <clears throat> uh, I just, uh, I describe it as waking up January 1st, 1992, and then, uh, 
and, and realizing that if this is all there is in the world, <laughs> I, I don't know what to do. I, not that I didn't love my kids and, and love my wife at the time. It was just I wasn't happy within myself. It wasn't anything to do with anybody around me. So from 1992 to 1996 when I met Alice, I was uh, really discovering who I am and what I'm about and what what resides inside of me. And anybody that's out there looking at love, the first thing you have to understand is you have to love yourself before you can love anybody else. Um, I think prior to that I was probably in love with the idea of love, the idea of being connected to someone or the, the illusion out there that says, okay, everything is wonderful. How come my life is screwed up? How come my life isn't like all these fairy tales I see? Um, and I can say right now, my life is like those fairy tales I see all the time because I'm with my twin soul. I'm with the other half of myself. I'm with the person who doesn't complete me but enhances who I am. And I think that's really a key for everybody. Um, I'm a medium, and, and I guess part of, of the process of, of discovering me was discovering that I was running away from everything that I was, bef- you know. I was running away from the real me. I was trying to be this um, person that I wasn't. And, and so when you, when you are being someone you're not, you're going to attract to you those things that you're not. I mean, like attracts like, as they say. Well, you were married, though, you said, for 22 years. Yeah. Um, So when you, how old were you when you got married? Um, 23. Okay. So, um, I mean, are you saying that, did you sort of, um, when did you realize? (laughs) I mean, you said in 92 is when you, but how did you feel throughout all those those years? Um, <laughs> well, it, it goes back to uh, the, the way I was brought up was if you get into a relationship, and, and I, stated I, was, I was in love with the idea of being in love. So uh, when I met my, my first wife, it was uh, she was really pretty. She was very good looking. Um, there were all kinds of different things that drew me to her, but it wasn't the deep love that I feel now when I, while looking back on it. However, during the time, I thought I was in love. So it's the commitment of the relationship. God, i got to say this right because it's very important to understand that what I thought in my head was not what was communicating with my heart. So in my head, I said, okay, I have to be true to this relationship, to this marriage. The key, the key word is marriage. So I was there but I wasn't committed to the relationship. Uh-huh. Okay, there's there's a real fine line there. And when did, um, just so we can kind of get the timeline, when did you realize that you were a medium? Well, in 1992, I, I had, prior to that, I had, like I said, I'd been running away from things and I'd gotten into drugs and all kinds of things. So I woke up that morning and said, my life has changed. I don't know why. I feel like it was a walk-in, but that's a whole different other subject. And from 92 to 90, well, April of 1992, I saw a lady named Sylvia Brown on TV. And um, she was giving readings, and I thought, wow, wow, something hit with me and something rung true. And I thought, you know, that's what I want to do is help people, help people, period. And I, I just kind of decided that, 
Well, my ex-wife said, let's go to this seminar. So we went to it. And from that moment, I was like a sponge bringing in all the information I could find about how do you discover this? How, how does it work? What is it about? And really, it all it is is getting in touch with your own self and knowing that everybody has the ability to be a medium or a psychic and then tapping into it and opening it up and allowing it to, to grow. So in January, January 1st of 92 was when you sort of realized that your life had to change. And then, no, my life did change. It was like, okay, what happened here? Okay. <laughs> but that was also when you were realizing, you said that you, if this is all life was, I mean, you wanted to be happier than you were. Exactly. Yeah. And, and so then a couple of months later of that year, that's when you went to the sem- started going to seminars about um, psychic abilities and, right. and all of that. And then, okay, and then? Then the process went from there. I, I just started being a sponge, like I said, and read every book that I could get. I, right. I read op- Opening the Channel. I, I read The Psychic Pathway by uh, Sonia Turquette. I, and then I found Neil Donald Walsh's Conversations with God in, in uh, September of 1995. And that just exploded my entire world. And in uh, March of 96, I went to the first retreat with Neil and became part of his group. I was asked to become part of his group, and um, and so then I started moving towards that. And then in uh, June of uh, of 2006, I decided to go to my third retreat with Neil because he had asked me to come and and become part of the staff there. And that was in Baltimore, and that's where my life took a complete. Uh, change in direction, uh, uh, change in life, the whole thing just exploded around me, and I saw Alice in the room. Do, 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 do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, and how did you feel when the moment that you saw her? Well, you know, there's, there's a couple of things I wrote in there that it was like uh, I walked into the room, and I'll, I'll just kind of describe it because I don't have the page handy. Okay. I walked into the room, and uh, I was late. <clears throat> I was supposed to be there three hours earlier, and everybody was in the room meeting 28 people. And the room was all spread out with couches and things, and there were two people sitting in the front, right in front of Neil, down on the floor with two of the cushions from the from the couch leaning up against them and all I could see was the backs of their heads and I saw this one woman and uh, this person uh, with red hair and it was like somebody and I described it like hit me in the in the right in the middle of the face with a um, molten pillow of love and I don't know where it came from why it came in that way but it did and I just had to sit down really quick and Neil introduced me and now we have the late Mr. Jackson and I didn't know if this person was a, a male or female but all I knew was I needed to figure out who who, who that person was. Hmm. <laughs> and, when he says the late Mr. Jackson, he means because he was late. Yes, I, I was, was. Yeah, I was late, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess you were um, you were well, struck dead at that point. You were a well, dead dog. The old, actually, Dennis, the old Dennis died at that moment. That's, that's right. Actually, here's, here's the part in the book. It says, really as funny. I looked at... As I looked at the back of the red-haired person's head, a strange yet comfortable feeling came over me. It was a feeling of recognition, of knowing, of having found something that I'd been searching for all of my life. It was as if someone had hit me in the face with a sledgehammer filled with molten love, soft and flowing, encircling my soul, and me like 
a million tiny butterflies fluttering their wings and giving me tingles that went from the top of my head to the tips of my toes. Wow. <laughs> it was truly love, love wow. at first sight. And it's and love at the first sight of the back of her head. You didn't the even back see. Of it. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's what it's all about because it, it's energy, and it doesn't matter. And that's what we teach people all the time. It doesn't matter what people look like, because you're actually seeing and feeling the soul, mm-hmm. and that's the connection. Look yeah. will not matter when it's your twin soul. And um, before we, we're going to be taking a break soon, but what is, maybe you could give us the definition of a twin soul. Go ahead, honey. <laughs> well, Dennis, if you want to give the technical term, I'll give the difference between soulmates. And Well, um, well actually, what I wrote, actually, is the difference between a twin soul or twin flame and a soulmate is that everyone around you is a soulmate. And you come into so many different people. Each person you come into contact with in this life is there because you agreed to come into life with them and have an interaction of some sort. could be working. It could be a, a friend. It could be a relative. It could be just an acquaintance. Um, this interaction can be positive or negative, too. I mean, those are all soul connections, what we refer to as soulmates. But a twin soul, as defined by everything that we've ever learned, is one twi- one soul that splits into two, creating two souls. One soul and two bodies, one taking the predominantly feminine side, and the other the more masculine, but both retaining a bit of the other for recognition purposes. Mm. And twin souls can also be the same sex, but they'll always come together in a love relationship, which need not be the case with soulmates. Very interesting. Well, when we come back, we'll hear more of this Valentine love story from my guests, Dennis Jackson and Alice Best. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. The Internet's premier talk radio station, voiceamerica.com. Join Patricia Raskin, host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call in to Positive Living, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. What does it take to get your business online? How do you leverage the Internet to attract more clients, expand your network, and make more money? What are the tools you need to master? It's not enough to know the tools. You need to build a solid foundation and actually implement systems that automate your business as much as possible. On Blogging and Beyond with Denise Wakeman and Patsy Krakoff, the Blog Squad, learn about new tools that are easy and essential to use in order to grow your business online. Get strategies, tactics, and tips that work if you implement them. Denise and Patsy interview internet marketing experts, plus coach a client in real time through the steps designed to market a real product or service. Blogging and Beyond with Denise Wakeman and Patsy Krakoff broadcasts each Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Blogging and Beyond, leverage the internet to attract, sell, and profit online. 
Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with easy to understand tools and tips. With his weekly guests, Jim draws from successes with professionals, college, high school, and youth teams, coaches, and players. Learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure, tension, and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance. Tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, Voice America. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today we have a Valentine love story for you with my guests, Dennis Jackson and Alice Best, who are the authors of Together Again, Twin Souls Reunite in Love and Life. And I was just asking them during the break where they were each born, and Dennis was born in Kansas City, Kansas, and Alice was born in Miami, Florida, three days apart, which leads me to the question that I was going to ask them anyhow, which is to talk about how twin souls, when they become split, how they how they sort of uh, what they how they voyage together so either well, part, of, part of the part of the process of life is that we are we we are born and we're we're out searching it's like we we that's just that, that's part of our makeup is we search for love and and we all feel like we're what we're doing is we're looking at people and assessing whether they're they're good for us or good or not good for us and actually what happens is the soul is really trying to find the other half of itself the other part of itself like when the when the twin soul split is really at at creation when uh, all souls were created we all split into um, it's almost a binary formula as they use in chem- in computers everything splits and then splits and then splits and then splits it doesn't split into 27 pieces it splits into two parts and then those two parts split into two parts and those parts split into two and the final split is where the twin souls come apart and one is holding the masculine and one is holding the but each holding a part of the other so that when they come together it's like the two parts fitting together so what our soul is doing is uh, running this body around going okay I gotta find my twin soul I hope he or she is here but I don't know but I'm gonna go and search and if we allow ourselves to just move with the flow and I don't know if you've all heard about the secret the new yeah. movie that's out yeah. well the secret is is part of the process of, of the law of attraction. If you believe and and see and can f- feel that your twin soul or the other half of yourself is out there, you will draw that person to you. You will create that, and I think that's what I did. Okay. Well, um, you know, I'd like to talk more about that. Let's hear first though from Alice to get her backstory, but I would like um, you to talk more about that in terms of attracting your twin soul to you since that's what 
people who don't have Valentine's tomorrow will be wanting to do. So, Alan, sure. tell us about um, your story as far as um, your your relationships before uh, you met Dennis. Oh, wow, well, we don't have enough time. We need another couple shows. Dennis and I were 46 years old when we married. I mean, when we met. So we had history, uh, each of us. I had been divorced since 1980, and we didn't meet until 96. So um, I had been divorced since 83 and had many relationships in between in those 13 years. I'd been married twice, had one child who was grown, and I was searching. I clearly was searching for my twin soul, and what's interesting is every relationship I had, there was a piece of Dennis there. Um, it was like he was never my type. He was everything rolled into one. And when I said before, it doesn't matter what you look like, it doesn't matter anything, the type or anything, the people that you would normally draw to you uh, will each have a piece of what you're looking for. And... I was a practicing lawyer. I went to law school late in life, um, and I was done with relationships. When I connected with Dennis, I was done. I didn't need anybody else in my life. I was 46 years old. I had my office, my home, and my metaphysical center where I went to my classes and workshops all within a three-mile radius, built up a nice group of friends that I was done. And I had been hurt, and I was finished with relationships as far as I was concerned. And that's when I met Dennis, because when you stop looking and stop needing and wanting, that's when your twin soul will pop into your life. I was happy and content with who I was. I finally liked myself. And when you meet your twin, it will be a reflection of yourself in their eyes. And that's what happened with us when you say he... he, connected with me through the back of my head because it was that soul connection. Well, now, okay, so when you were at that, um, what drew you, first of all, to that conference, to that convention that you both went to? The same thing. When Den- It was interesting. While Dennis was in Washington working and meeting with Neil, and he had gone to his workshops in Oregon, Neil had come to Miami April of 96, and I went to a workshop there. And he said, you know, I'm doing this five-day retreat in Baltimore. And again, Neil had asked me to be part of the staff. He had asked me Hmm. to consider being staff counsel. Um, They were creating an intentional community. And I said, well, you know, it's something I'll take a look at. And he was having this workshop in Baltimore, which, as fate would have it, was the exact same week that I had to be in Washington, D.C. I had had hotel reservations are ready to be in D.C. for a weekend for my best friend's son's bar mitzvah. My Talk about attractive. Yeah, my best friend had passed in 89, and this was her her young son who was 13 years later was becoming, um, well, whatever years later, was being bar mitzvah, and I was planning to be there. Well, Baltimore is right across the way, and here was this retreat from Monday through Friday, but how perfect is that? And I said, okay, fate wants me to be there, and I made my plans. And I was supposed to be there, didn't know why. 
obviously the purpose was to meet Dennis. I never did join up with Neil's staff for, uh, to be counselor. <laughs> Dennis and I got together, <laughs> and it was just, it was kismet, and, and we said, okay, that's it. Okay. The and universe has greater plans for us. And what happened when, um, you know, he saw you, the back of your head first, and what happened when you first saw him? I saw him walk in, and I said, okay, there's something here. I don't know why I'm drawn to him. The minute Neil introduced him and said that Dennis was married, because he referred to, to Dennis's wife, who wasn't there, I turned my back. I said, oh, forget it. He's married. Uh-huh. You know, that's it. And I, I, I cut that cord. You talked about a wall when you mentioned a mm-hmm. wall at the beginning of the show. Yeah. I had a six-foot wall that he had to literally chip through. And because I was, I had always carried a wall my whole life, and there was nobody that was going to get near to me. My background and the reason that I got into metaphysics uh, began also in 92. Well, actually 89, but in 92, my best, my second best friend died of cancer. I lost two best friends within three years. Hmm. And I said, there's more to life than what I'm doing. There's more to life than being a lawyer. There's more than just waking up, going to work, and coming home. Mm-hmm. And I started searching. And when I found a medium who was able to connect me with my two friends and I knew that the communication was over, was open, my grief was able to be um, healed. And I started searching and seeking and going to every workshop and being my own sponge. So while Dennis is doing everything the same on the West Coast, I'm doing this in Florida, and we're each in our own way getting together to meet each other. Wow. Yes, connecting with your spiritual selves. And, Absolutely. And so how did um, how did this little inconvenience of Dennis's wife... <laughs> How was that dealt with? I mean, Dennis, were you were you um, uh, separated at that time, or? Well, it's, again, it's a, it's a long story, but basically, what was happening was my ex at the time was um, connected online. There was a time when when the internet just exploded upon the world, and um, America Online started, and we would go online on. Uh, service called Prodigy and I was actually doing readings for people and my ex was online and met a man who she felt was her twin soul and I I didn't even know what that meant Uh, you know (laughs) but basically uh, her soulmate was what she was calling him and a twin soul and a soulmate and I was going to Baltimore to decide whether I was going to stay in the relationship and my ex at the time was at home going through her processing to decide whether she wanted a divorce and whether I wanted a divorce and whether we could come to an agreement of that or continue on. It had gotten to that point. But when I got to Baltimore and I met Alice and I went through the week, everything was uh, on the up and up all the way through until Friday. And um, I offered Alice a ride to where she was going to stay. And I stopped over to friends of, of ours who had hosted me that, that week. And I called my ex and I said, okay, where where do you stand on this? Uh, you know, I need to know. And she said, well, why don't you come home and let's talk about it. And I said, no, I need to know where you stand. And had she said, I want to try to work it out, I would have gone home and done exactly that, even though this person had affected me this greatly. And she said, no, she said, I feel like I want to have it, I want to get a divorce. And I said, you know, that's really good because so do I. <laughs> and I took that opportunity and, um, 
the rest is history, so to speak. Well, Carol, it's interesting because we've always told people when you find your twin soul, if the non-twin, if you're in a uh, not another relationship, the non-twin will remove themselves from the relationship. Mm. Yep. Mm. Huh. And it will be gentle. Okay, and when we come back, let's uh, talk more about how how you went from that moment to where you are now. We're talking today with my guests, Dennis Jackson and Alice Best, who are the authors of Together Again, Twin Souls Reunite in Love and Life. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. The Internet's premier talk radio station, voiceamerica.com. Ever wonder what are the favorite travel destinations of the Hollywood jet set? Where do celebrities like to go when they aren't walking the red carpet? Tune in to Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk with president of Traveris, David Manning, and Lisa O'Hurley, golf aficionado and wife of actor John O'Hurley. On Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa talk with well-known actors, sports celebrities, and entertainment insiders to find out about their favorite travel destinations and what they recommend. On Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa also offer up feature vacations each week and last-minute deals for your next getaway. Find out what's new and exciting in the travel industry as well as how to raise money for your nonprofit organizations while enjoying a wonderful vacation. Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk with David Manning and Lisa O'Hurley broadcasts each Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, your inside look into celebrities and travel. Muscular Development presents No Bull Radio, bringing you the latest news, gossip, and controversy from the world of bodybuilding. Uncensored, uncompromised, and unrestrained in true MD style. Hosted by the infamous muscle mob, Larry Pepe, John Romano, and Dave Palumbo. Welcome top IFBB professional bodybuilders, industry insiders, and characters you won't find anywhere else every week. No Bull Radio broadcasts each Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. If you've ever wondered what the Stern Show would sound like if Howard was a bodybuilding fan, then tune in and find out. Noble Radio, uncensored, uncompromised, unrestrained. Go beyond success and discover a deeper meaning to life. Join host Jeffrey Gitterman and his guests, the premier thought leaders in business, politics, science, spirituality, and culture, who have reached the pinnacle of financial and professional attainment in their fields, only to discover a profound lack of fulfillment with what our culture defines as success. So won't you tune in every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time to Jeffrey Getterman and Beyond Success, redefining the meaning of prosperity, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. We're talking today with Dennis Jackson and Alice Best. They are the authors of Together Again, Twin Souls Reunite in Love and Life. And um, we're right in the midst of this, uh, <laughs> on the cliff of this uh, Valentine's love story. So Dennis gets off the phone after discovering that his wife does uh, want to have a divorce, which is just fine with him since he's been feeling these um, 
what was the word? These mushy, mellow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was it? <laughs> Molten. <laughs> One of those. Love. Love. Um, for Alice, and I guess feeling a little guilty about it. So then what happened? Well, you know, during their marriage, I, I I have to say right up front, I was not the greatest husband in the world. I was committed to the to the marriage, and I would not uh, seek a divorce. But that didn't mean that I was true to the to the wife. So sitting here with this person whom has hit me with everything that I could possibly think of as far as my emotional well-being. And not once did I think about her, and, I'm, and this is the first time I've said this, not once did I think about her, well, gee, this is a this is another conquest for me. This was something that was very, very different than any person I had met during the time I was married. So my ex said, I know I want a divorce, and I thought, okay, I need to figure out where I'm going, but I said, okay, I think I do too, which I figured would give me time to <clears throat> research, to look the, look at, to talk to this person on the phone, because I was living in Seattle, Washington, and she was living in Miami, and the only communication after leaving this retreat would be long-distance telephone calls. And I thought, you know, I gotta figure out what's going on here. I know we're both gonna go to our homes and we're gonna figure out what's happening in our lives and, and, um, we'll, we'll go on from there. So I, I started driving to, uh, to, uh, DC where Alice was gonna be staying. I was driving her there. I had a rental car and we had this, uh, this device in the car. It was called, it was a GPS at the time, but it was the first ones that had been out. It was called Never Lost. And, uh, we're driving along. And Alice is rubbing my my neck, and 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 all of a sudden I go, that feels good. And she didn't even realize she was doing it. I look I over. I was just going to say, Alice, your yeah. walls were coming down. No. It was it was like it was a reaction that all, I didn't even realize my hand was there. We're just driving along, and it was like, whoa, where did that come uh-huh. from? And it was we were actually picking up from from past lives. Yeah. And at one point, I called him Honey, and I said, did I just call you Honey? And what was really weird about that was I couldn't remember his name. I kept having to force myself to think his name was Dennis because he wasn't Dennis to me. I didn't know him as Dennis yet. I was remembering him as lives, and it, the soul had to really say, you know, like, who are you and what's going on? But we were driving along, and Alice was playing with this uh, Never Lost and trying to find it, you know, directions, and we didn't know what it was. And all of a sudden, I look over, and I see this writing on the thing. And I, I said, she looked at me at no, the same I, time. I looked at him, and I, I, said, uh, I said, did you see that? And he said, you saw Naked Place. And, and I saw it. It was Naked Place back, written across it. It said Naked Place, and I looked back, and it said Named Place where you were supposed to hit, you know, enter that and oh, I yeah. did like White House Washington or whatever. Monument, yeah. And it wasn't there. It never said naked place. It said names, but we both saw it. Now, if I had said to him, that says naked place, did you see it? And he said, yes, I would have gone, yes, yeah. sir. You know, you're just saying because I said it. But he truly said it and I thought, whoa, something's here. And it was like the giant billboard in Field of Dreams. Yeah, so we, so we took that as. For us. Well, we took it as meaning to open up and become transparent because that was what we'd been doing for the week uh-huh. uh, during this retreat was to become transparent and open up to our own selves and who we really are. So we did, and uh, and then we got naked. Uh, did I say that no. out loud? No, I'm no, sorry. No, no. But, but, you know, Carol, even, even today, you know, uh, ten years later, if I ever have a doubt, 
I think back to that naked place and say, okay, it's bigger than all of us. Well, this was truly, truly the universe working us together. Okay, but now what about people who would say, what, um, you knew each other in past lives, this is a bunch of, how, how do you know that? Well, that's taken a lot of time. We we realized that, you know, there was a connection that was greater than us, but take, it's taken time for us to realize that we do have past lives. For me, in 1992, January 1st, I was a skeptic, and all this was hoopy, and I didn't believe an ounce of it. Three months later, I saw the psychic on TV, and I thought, wow, this is very interesting how she's doing this. And then I saw other psychics and mediums, and then I saw James Van Prague in 1994, I think it was. He was on the other side, a little show that was out of California. And it was like, that is exactly what I want to do. I want to be a medium. I want to help people. I want to help them heal from this loss, this sadness, this horrible, awful feelings. And I was driven in that direction. So finding... Just a minute. Finding that you're in a past life is part of that process and knowing that we come back over and over again. Everyone recognizes people from past lives without actually putting a name on it. When you connect with anyone in your past and you take an instant liking to them or an instant disliking and you don't know why, why do you become fast friends with someone you've just met? It's a recognition from past lives. You are soul connections. This is just the strongest soul connection there can be in finding your twin soul. Uh huh. Okay, and now let's talk about what we started talking about before. Um, for people who, well, I guess maybe just kind of why don't you sort of wrap up the story before we go to that as far as like, so then, so then, okay, you were communicating by phone and... And, oh, and that we didn't had, last long. <laughs> yeah. Well, we had, we had been at the retreat for seven days together, or five days together, and then we spent the weekend together discovering um, our, our emotional connection. Um, we spent the night together the first night, but nothing physical happened with us. We were connecting, and it was very interesting, the whole process, uh, very different than a than a sexual relationship where you meet someone and bang, you're in bed. It was very different than that. Um, and I got caught up there just for a second. But was it on the word bang or sexual? Let me move on it's there. What happened? This is, but this was mid-June. This was mid-June when we met. Um, yeah. We talked on the phone constantly um, uh, since, and... We decided that I was going to fly out to Seattle for Fourth of July and just meet him. And Dennis, well, why don't I come there? Because he, he, at one point, he said, "Why don't I just move there?" And I said, "Okay." And it was kind of like, "What are you crazy? You know, who said that?" You know. And my friend said, "What are you nuts? You just met this guy. How can you let him move here?" And it was just murderer. Yeah, and you know, hide your jewelry. <laughs> it's like, and I said, it just feels right. And so he, we decided that he would come out to Miami if he was truly going to move there. Let's see how we react in my environment. And so he came and spent a few days for the guy. Well, August 1st, I flew out to Seattle, and we drove back together, and he moved to Miami. Days. So that was exactly, um, you know, seven, six weeks later, he moved to Miami, and we've been together ever since. And that was in 96. So and you have to understand this. It's not just being together; it's being together twenty-four-seven for the last um, seven years out of the out of the ten. 
And um, Alice, how did you um, how did you lower your walls to to the point of um, you know what made you say yes when you had been sort of um, against you know not letting anyone else in for so long? What made you what do you, what process did you go through? Wow. Uh, you know, at some point, I, I really don't even know when it came crashing down, but I think it was... Um, I can I tell you when it started. Kiss. Okay. I, you, I can tell you when it started. Yeah. When uh, we were in the middle of the retreat, we were sitting there, and, and Neil was going through his uh, discussions about everything, and I was remember I was kind of daydreaming because I was looking across at Alice, and I was thinking, what is it that's, what is this connection? Why do I know you? Where do I know you from? What is the, why are you so familiar to me in my own mind? And I remembered that when I'd come to Baltimore, I met with a, a couple, uh, Lori and Greg, and Lori taught me about energy and how to, make an energy ball and when you blow this energy ball at someone they can actually feel it in the middle of their chest and it kind of gives them an energy and she had done that to for me I, I talk about it in the book she'd done it for me when I was in Seattle and she did it for me again when we got here and so I thought well maybe I'll try that energy ball and I'll blow it at Alice and if, she, if there's any reaction then I'll know that you know she's really connected to me so I built this energy ball up and I'm playing with it and then I raised my fingers and I kind of blew it at her and I looked at her and went, nothing, just nothing, no reaction. Oh, well, I thought, maybe I'm imagining this connection. That's what I wrote in the book. And what happened, honey? <laughs> I, I felt something. At first, I had been watching him watch me, and I'm thinking, why is he staring at me? When I realized then, hmm, I'm looking at him. And, you know, there's something here. And, well, I saw him blow. It was like blowing a kiss, but I saw him do this. And... I felt something in center of my body, my solar plexus, actually, and it was like I stopped breathing. You know, he said there was no reaction, and I didn't. We never talked about it again, which was very interesting. We never until we started writing the book. Until we started writing the book, and I was doing the responsive writing when we were writing that third section, and he mentioned that, and I said to him, I said, no reaction. I said, I stopped breathing. It just hit me right in the center, and I'd never felt that before. So there clearly was an energy field there that he was connecting with. And, yeah, I guess that was the beginning of the chipping of the wall, knowing that there was something that we had to get to know each other. Uh, as far as letting him in, it was time. This was what... Um, the universe had in mind for us. All right. Well, why don't we um, take a break? Because when we come back, I would like to talk about um, how to attract one's twin soul to you. I think that uh, there are a lot of people who would like to, to know that. <laughs> and whether there's a, um, a process where you can speed it up in time for tomorrow. <laughs> oh, yes. yeah. All right. We're <laughs> You've all been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. We're talking today about a Valentine love story that's out of this world. See, I wasn't kidding. With my guests, Dennis Jackson and Alice Best, the authors of Together Again, Twin Souls Reunite in Love and Life. So stay tuned. The Authority and Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Live in the Green Life with Kim Carlson. 
Echopreneur, author, and green living maven brings you an upbeat, fun exploration of the doables of living a more earth-friendly life. Kim cuts through the noise and urban myth of green do's and don'ts and shows that it is possible to live green easily. From hip organic weddings to exotic echo travel to healthy personal care products. Get the most current trends and tips from the experts for living a more planet-friendly and human lifestyle. Live in the green life with Kim Carlson. Broadcast each Thursday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Live in the green life for a human, healthy, and planet-friendly lifestyle. Whether by choice or by circumstance, the statistics of the effects of missing fathers and the impact on our children, our neighborhoods, and our communities is staggering. How can we interrupt this pattern of violence, gang activity, drug use, and sexual activity among our fatherless children? On Changing a Generation, with author, inspirational speaker, life coach, and host, Terrence Wilson, the focus is on elevating the mindset of this current generation by unveiling viewpoints that inspire people to reach for their dreams. Terrence and his guests reveal how building family relationships, becoming an entrepreneur, and living a Christian life develops future leaders in the next generation of children. Changing a Generation with Terrence Wilson broadcast each Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. Changing a Generation, bringing a message of deliverance to the fatherless on News Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer, and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with easy Easy to understand tools and tips. With his weekly guests, Jim draws from successes with professionals, college, high school, and youth teams, coaches, and players. Learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure, tension, and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance. Tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, Voice America. Muscular Development presents Noble Radio, bringing you the latest news, gossip, and controversy from the world of bodybuilding. Uncensored, uncompromised, and unrestrained in true MD style. Hosted by the infamous muscle mob, Larry Pepe, John Romano, and Dave Palumbo. Welcome top IFBB professional bodybuilders, industry insiders, and characters you won't find anywhere else every week. Noble Radio broadcasts each Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. If you've ever wondered what the Stern Show would sound like if Howard was a bodybuilding fan, then tune in and find out. Noble Radio, uncensored, uncompromised, unrestrained. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. We're talking today about a Valentine love story. Um, we've just uh, we've just been listening to that, and um, now let's talk about something that came up earlier about how to actually uh, get the universe to work for you 
like it did for my guests, Dennis Jackson and Alice Best, um, to bring them together. How does one attract a Valentine? Well, we've been we've been doing we've been doing this for a long time, and it's called it's now come out in a, in the form of a movie and a book called The Secret. Um, and I guess it re- the reason it came into our life about a week ago or about two, about, a, about two weeks ago was that we had gotten kind of away from it for a while, and now it's like all of a sudden you use this thing called the secret. It's called the law of attraction. Basically, what it is is you take in your mind, in your in your in your whole being, what it is that you need or what it is that you want in your life. Um, the universe doesn't hear don't, so if you say don't bring this guy like the other one back to me, you're going to get that guy like the other one back to you because all it hears is what you're thinking about. So if you're contemplating and thinking about the old relationships you had where the negative, get away from that. Go to the positive side of it. Go to the positive relationships. Sit down and write yourself out a list of all the attributes you want that person to have. Write yourself like a list, a letter, a letter to the universe saying, these are the attributes that I need in the person that is coming to me right now. Know that person is coming. Visualize it in your in your mind, in your thoughts. Every waking moment, move it into your into your being and send all of those. What you're doing, anytime you think of something, the universe is like a big, copying machine it says okay you're thinking about that i'm going to send the copy right back to you that's what you're going to get if you're thinking about all the negative relationships you had that's what you're going to get that's what you're going to attract to you if you're thinking about the new relationships and what it is you want in your life that's what you're going to get and it works incredibly fast and i'll give you an example because we've been trying to get our own show on the air for some time we listened to watch the secret within three days we had a production company who's interested in this now and we're right in the middle of, of oh, negotiating on it. so well i i gotta i gotta add here that the key to finding your twin soul again is to love yourself like who you are um and truly truly and use the secret to say yes i truly believe this not and not doubt in the background but to stop looking and if you're to find and recognize... Okay, but wait, wait, wait. Isn't that contradicting? Itself. But, I mean, isn't that sort of somewhat contradictory? If you're supposed to stop looking, then how do you, um, you know, how when do you I send these messages looking, out to the universe? Just all you have to do, ask, believe, receive. In other words, know that your twin soul is coming. You don't have to look constantly. I was doing the personal ads. That was before the Match.com and before the Internet. And, you know, that's not where I was going to find. Yeah, you got to put yourself out there. But be okay. Go places, but be okay with who you are. You know, tell people you want to be fixed up, whatever. You can actively do it, but you don't have to be needy. Don't say to the universe all the time, I'm without, because then you are without. But... The thing is to watch for the signs, and the signs and the messages are everywhere if you take the time to look and appreciate the meaning. You know, some may be subtle and passed off as mere coincidence, but it's not. You know, such as Dennis and I being the only two from the retreat who were staying in the Baltimore, D.C. area, and the others will hit you right between the eyes, such as the naked place. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to read a quick portion of what I wrote in the book, too. It says, you can't ignore these messages, because if you do, you may be missing the opportunity of a lifetime. 
The universe will keep trying with new signs and messages, but why wait? Be impulsive, be impetuous, live life to the fullest now while you can appreciate all it has to offer. And, you know, it's like don't sit home and wait for your phone to ring. Put yourself out there. Know that, let people know you're available, but don't beg. Just know that it's going to happen. I need to jump in because one of the things that that Carol brought up was is it's a kind of a contradiction, but it's really not. When you think of it in the standpoint, from the standpoint of you are letting go of the need to go out and and do this relationship, but you are taking it in yourself to know that you already have the relationship, that it's just on its way to you and you don't have to worry about it anymore. Mm -hmm. What I mean is you, you write the letter, you do the stuff, then you let it go and you know that it's coming. It's like uh-huh. if you if you put an order online, you know, you wouldn't go back and re-put the order in three or four times. You'd put the order in, walk away, and know it's on its way to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's a great example. But, okay, okay, except that, you know, for example, <laughs> the, the secret philosophy and all that, I mean, that, that there's a part of that that says you should be visualizing this all the time, or you should be, stare, you know, make a list on your wall, make a picture right. board, all of that. Um, these different techniques to sort of, uh, you know, send this out to the universe. Mm-hmm. But you're saying to do it from a position of, of knowing that it's coming rather than, um, rather than neediness. But you right. still, right. but you should still be concentrating on it. Well, not so not, much concentrating. Not in a begging because, position. No, not from a begging, from a gratitude position. In other words, right. thankfulness that it's already there from a gratitude position, mm-hmm. not from a needy, oh, I need this. Because that's what you're going to get is you're going to get the need given to you and you'll just re-experience that all the time but if you just open up I, I was not looking for a relationship either I was not looking for someone to come into my life I was looking for peace and love and kindness and that's what I created in in, uh, in the total connection I have with Alice I was trying to have that in the relationship I was in the marriage I was in but it wasn't working alright well why don't we um, if you could give out uh, the website or email address, whatever you would like to give out for how people can um, either buy the book or get in touch with you. Uh, you, you, Dennis, you do readings, yes. um, and Alice, you do as well. Now we do them together, and I do spiritual art, which is um, a type of automatic drawing in the form of artwork that comes made during readings, and we do them together. And they're going to actually give, totally us, give us a call. I'm totally not practicing law anymore. And uh, our toll-free, um, well, our website is denallylove.com, D-E-N-A-L-I-L-O-V-E.com, Dennis Alice Love. And our toll-free number is on the website, but it's 877-595-4111. And our book is available either through our website or through Amazon.com. And I, I do want to say and give hope to people that are not in a relationship or in a bad relationship. Um, there's no such thing as a bad relationship. It's a relationship for the experience. But when you end a relationship, move on. Close the door, seal it, caulk it, and be ready to move on. And that's when new relationships will be able to come into your life. And are you saying this from experience? Oh, yes. 
<laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, I was in what we called a next-of-twin relationship. I was in love. He couldn't love me back, couldn't commit, even though we were living together. And it was like uh, the important lesson there for me was not to be attached to result and to have no expectations. I just needed to believe, and it was essential to my own spiritual growth and development. And when I realized that, it was like the aha moment. Uh, I didn't lose anything because I never had it in the mm-hmm. first place. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, I'd like to thank you both very much for this inspirational Valentine love story, Dennis Jackson and Alice thank Best. And, thank um, you. You're welcome. And the, their uh, website, again, is denalilove.com, D-E-N-A-L-I, love.com and the book again is Together Again Twin Souls Reunite in Love and Life and I wish you all a happy Valentine's Day and, thank you uh, thanks to you yes and, and um, thank you and uh, I hope this has given you all a, uh, a new <laughs> something new to try some new inspiration some new hope and that um, that to make you well on your way to finding your twin soul. So this has been Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. 